Hello listeners, and welcome to Retrospective Replay Episode 8, a serialized podcast taking an in-depth look into video games. This is Resident Evil 4. And with me tonight is my co-host, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm feeling a bit under the weather. Oh, not good. I don't think it's COVID, but I'll good. test myself later. It's good. Look, we can put it on Twitter afterwards. I'm going to be like, yay, Michael's COVID-free. He resolved yeah. your test. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. If it's the first time you're joining us tonight... We'll just quickly tell you, here we are, what we do. Like I said, my name's Ian, this is Michael, and we host this podcast, which we try to make an audio book of a video game. It's very helpful if you played the game before, or if you play along with us and you play ahead. It helps you visualize areas where you've been before, and we can try and tie the story together nicely. Uh, a lot of spoilers, so if you haven't played the game before, or you're not playing ahead, you will get the game spoiled for you. But some people don't mind that. Some people just want to live a game through a medium of podcast. I know I do with certain games myself. Yeah, I mean, there's some people like you probably don't even wouldn't play the game and they just want to know the story. Yeah, like I check out lots lots of uh, Let's Plays as well for certain games. You know, for consoles that I don't own, I'm never going to play the games. I like to check out, like, I think Breath of the Wild. I checked a good few of them out because I'll probably never have a Switch. And I would like to play it, but the next best thing is to watch somebody else play it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, or watch somebody, or listen to somebody talking about it. Yeah, that's the next best thing. Don't don't go watching people play it. Listen to it in an audiobook version instead. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, the audiobook format is easy that you can. And I think we asked previously to find out where people listen to us, um, but it's a lot easier, you know, if, if you're running or driving to work or something to put on an audio recording of something rather than sit down and watch it on youtube it's just more flexible you can't watch a let's play while driving we don't recommend that no so on the socials you can contact us as we said if you want to tell us where you listen to us that would be twitter at retro replay pod or facebook retrospective replay podcast I don't really have a patch note, I don't think. I messed up some of the music last week. I said that when you fought the Verdugo boss, it was the music chill, was it called? Oh, I've lost it now. They're multiplying. John Travolta. Definitely not John Travolta. The music was called Cold Sweat, but the music was actually Verdugo. So I might um, might just go back and change that, actually, you know, and then this patch note will then be null and void. Rewriting history. <laughs> so where we left it last week, we beat the Vidugo boss, and well, we were waiting for the lift, or you can just wait the time out, the three-minute timer, like Michael did. Both options are valid. Uh, it just means you don't get the crown if you don't defeat him with about 48,000. But then the lift arrives, we got on the lift, and worked our way down. So the game now starts, and we are descending on the lift into a mine an underground mine and it's a merchant area the music serenity kicks in so i talked to the merchant and got some new upgrades did you do anything here no i think i just put some upgrades onto my existing weapons a few barrels and things yeah 
grab some ammo, health, whatever the game wants to give you, because of course we know that's not static. But there was a memo here from Luis, and it was Luis's memo too. The late Luis, because he's dead now. That he is, unfortunately. The first Castellan buried the last Plagas deep underground below the castle to hide their very existence. But when Salazar released the last Plagas, no one thought he could bring them back to life. Because when Salazar found them, they were just all fossilized remains. Everyone knew that parasitic organisms could not survive without their hosts. They couldn't sustain life on their own, but when Salazar and his men excavated the remains, it almost appeared if the last Plagas were just waiting to be discovered so that they could resurrect. Several years later, unexplainable convulsions started occurring among the villagers who helped with the excavation of the Las Plagas. Then one day, all of a sudden, these villagers turned into violent savages. They later found out it was caused by the Las Plagas. Although they appeared fossilized, they were able to survive the long years by laying dormant in the state at a cellular level, remaining in a spore-like form. Apparently, during the excavation, the villagers inhaled the spores within their bodies and the parasites become active again. This is how the Las Plagas were resurrected. Even as I'm writing, the excavation of the Las Plagas continues. God only knows how many of these Plagas have been resurrected, not to mention the countless numbers of Ganados that have been created. Their inhumane activity must be put to an end. If they are not stopped, people around the world could turn into victims of this crazy cult organization. First of all, I'm glad we're not doing a shot game where we have to drink every time someone says Las Plagas, because I would be battered. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the, um, that's the same thing as the uh, the cordyceps in the, uh, the Last of Us. They're cut from spores as well, isn't it? Yeah, but this was first, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very common sort of trope, isn't it? Spores creating... Well, it's a real thing. It's because one of the facts I gave about zombies a couple of weeks ago was how they infect the ant. Yeah. And some zombify it. And there's probably other things where, you know, you inhale things and you go crazy. I'm trying to think of something now. Huffing paint. <laughs> <laughs> or glue. Yeah. <laughs> That'll probably do it. Um, okay, so then we leave this area through some double doors, and we are in an underground mine. There's like sort of discarded minecarts, there's tracks, there's the standard lights that run on the long wires all the way through the mine. And as we're pushing forward through the... Is it still a mine shaft when it's a horizontal walkway, or is a shaft just going up or down? Oh, I don't know. Is it? I'm not an expert on shafts. Or a, or a shaft just a bad mother? <laughs> Uh, I don't know the technical, a ton, a ton, what's the difference between a tunnel and a shaft? I suppose it's a tunnel, isn't it? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to struggle for vocabulary here and I think I'm just looking for tunnel. I'm going to have a look. Mine. Name. Edits. Oh, see, learn something new every day. What's it called? An edit. A-D-I-T. Really? I've never heard that word before. Oh no, that's an entrance. Yeah. An edit is an entrance to an underground mine which is horizontal or near horizontal by which the mine can be entered. Drained of water, ventilated, and minerals extracted. Okay, so the entrance is an edit. You know, like in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs when they just walk into a mine. Yeah, that's yeah. an edit. The difference between a shaft and a tunnel. A shaft is a long, narrow, typically vertical hole that gives access to the mine. 
and then a tunnel is an artificial underground passage, one built through a hill or under a building. So I think the shaft gives access to the mine, mm-hmm. which is then a tunnel. So yeah. you get into the tunnel by going down the shaft. So yeah, I guess a shaft is it's is is vertical. Okay. So as we're moving through the tunnel, we see a sign and it's in Spanish, but when you read it, it reads it in English. I swear down Leon must be able to speak Spanish. He's just so ignorant. He never speaks Spanish to anyone. He understands it, but he's just like he's just laying low so you can understand what they're saying about him and they think mm. that he doesn't know what they're saying. But this reads caution. Overloading dynamite on trolley will trip circuit breaker. So that's important for later. Pushing forward a bit, the area opens up into a large excavated cavern. And there's lots of machinery and Ganados working. Whenever a Ganado spots us, the music Ganado 3 kicks in. So we went back with the Ganado music instead of forward. I think there's six in total. I think it was Ganado 1 to 6. But we're down back to Ganado 3. So we get attacked by some Ganados. um, But the objective here is that when you jump down, there's a lever to pull. This causes a minecart to come down the track, and then it stops on the lift. As the lift moves down, the circuit breaker trips, I guess because it's overloaded. You can see it's full of rocks and a dynamite bundle. So then we get attacked by some Ganados, and the whole idea is to get up on the upper level and pull the circuit breaker switch. Now, did you find the 5k behind the switch? Yes. Nice. Me too, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be asking. Yeah. And do you know you can bypass this whole section because... Once you pull the circuit brake off, turn it back on, the lift comes back down. It, it resumes coming down, so you run up to the lift and you get the dynamite. And then you put the dynamite on the rock to blow it up. However, you can just get a rocket launcher and blow the rock up. Okay, so you don't need the dynamite at all? No, you can just skip that whole section. When oh, you're watching right. speedrunners do it, they just like grab a, a rocket launcher and blow it up. That doesn't seem like how the game is supposed to be played. <laughs> well, it's it's a strategy. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, it's a valid strategy. You should be able to use any method that you want. I mean, the speedrunners are insane. Like, they do the game in an hour 25. That's mad. I think after an hour 25, I just beat the first chapter, the second chapter. I wonder what satisfaction people get from doing speedruns of things. I mean, everyone, each to their own, I suppose. Yeah, but they probably started off doing it slowly, right? I mean, some of these speedrunners, one of the top speedrunners in Resident Evil 4, I think it's called Waifu. A waifu, um, he's got over 2,000 hours in the game. That's a lot of speedruns. Mm, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. 2,000 hours is a lot of time. Oh, well. If you did an hour a day, that's like seven years. Crazy. That's insane. So we move on after blowing the rock up through some double doors. And this is a very memorable room. There's lots of molten rock under the floor, and the floor is like a large grate. There's a giant sort of trap door in the middle. There's a zip line that runs from the top of a platform, one side of the room, all the way down to the lever that operates the trap door. Then I found loads of grenades in this room, just stacked on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Picked all them up and worked my way towards the giant double doors. Which, of course, as you'll remember, as you approach them, two El Gigantes come into the room and then charge you. My first thing I did was I went straight for the lever to pull it and make one of them fall into the molten rock. I did the same. Now, if you get too close to the El Gigante that is then drowning in the molten rock, it grabs you and you go down with it. Oh, really? Yeah, so you have to watch out. I I saw on that video that I watched for the deaths, but... um. Yeah, something to watch out for. And then after that, it's just the usual boss strategy because the 
the mechanism then locks out. You can't open it again, can you? No, which was annoying. It was so, and and it took so much ammo. This this second L Gigante was so much harder than the first one. It took loads of ammo for me. Um, yeah, but I did a rinse and repeat, so I'd go on to the the thing that had the zip line and zip down over him and shoot him in the back and keep doing that over and over again. It was relatively straightforward. Yeah, but yeah, it did take a lot of ammo. Yeah, it was straightforward, but it took a lot of ammo, which gave. I used the TMP, and I ended up with an absurdly high. Um, accuracy at the end of this chapter nice you might catch me up then maybe maybe so we defeat the second guy i think again he drops about 10 or 15k i assume if you kill both you may get 15k off both of them but by sending the first one into the molten rock obviously you don't get anything because he's in the rock you know he doesn't drop anything on the floor if you had a rocket launcher a couple of rocket launchers i might make life a bit easier yeah but then it's the trade-off then of how much that would cost you and Oh, 70 grand, 35, yeah. 30, or 30 or 35, 60 or 70 grand. So and it's not worth it for the extra 15. I mean, you could take one guy down, but then you're probably only getting 30 grand back. You're only making the money back for the rocket launcher. Yeah, you don't even really break even. Yeah, net zero. The economics of killing gigantes in Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Write a paper on it. <laughs> you should do. So once them bosses are down, push on through. These doors take us out into some caves. And straight away, you hear bugs flying through the air. And you move forward through a small cavern into a large cavern area. And the bugs start to attack us. And I just started shooting them with a shotgun. What I noticed was, while they're flying, and you shoot them, and they just fall down. Like, you, yeah. you, you just wing them or something. Yeah. But when they're on the floor, they can take two or three shotgun shells. And the whole idea of this is, there's a statue in front of us that reads, Two lights shall shine on a new path. Again, it's in Spanish, but it reads it in English. So Leon must be translating this somehow. Is it just for the player's benefit or is it Leon reading it? Uh, it's probably for the player's benefit. I mean, I'm assuming that he must speak Spanish because otherwise he's, none of this stuff would make any sense. Because he's in a place where everyone, it, it, it's Spanish, so it's just seeing it from his point of view. Hold on, should I, I'm going to Google it. Can Leon S. Kennedy speak Spanish, and it goes straight to a post about somebody saying, "I realize that Leon being cast as he was in the movie, he has Spanish blood." In Resident Evil Four, when Leon is attacked from behind by the bald guy, he actually checks his blood and says, "You have the same blood as us, but you're still an outsider." This is why Leon understands the guy attempt to leave his house at the beginning of the game, but does he understand? I don't think he understands. He pulls a gun out and shoots the dude. Yeah. I guess we just have to assume that he does. Yeah, I think that guy's mixing it up by same blood. I think he means he thinks that he has Spanish blood when, when no. Mendez actually means he has parasitic blood. Yeah, he's been injected with the parasite. Yeah, anyway. It shall remain a mystery for now. So this whole idea, you follow the path around, and there's a couple of caves off to the side, and as you go on the first one, there's a switch, and you press it, and this causes a light in the cavern to illuminate. And it's the same thing again. You turn around, you work your way through the large area a bit, and you press a second one, and a second light illuminates. Both lights then join together. I'm joined together? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, combine. Both lights combine on a mirror, which then reflects onto, the, onto a door over a gate, and it melts the door. They're shafts of light. Shafts of light. Word of the day. Drinking game. Every time you hear one of us say shaft, take a shot. 
saying so you run up to the gate. I don't know why there's a button on, but there's a button on the gate, and you press the button to make the gate move up. It's strange. Why just open the gate? Makes no sense. But then this next corridor reminds me of Mario. It's not the first thing that's going to remind me of Mario tonight, but it's got the, um, what are them, you know, the falling blocks in Mario. Ah, uh, I don't know what the technical term is. So them falling, floating blocks. It's a me, Mario. One of these killed me. Did it? Because I got stuck. They're called thwomps on Mario. Yeah, I got stuck and it smashed me and I was like, for, I was annoyed. Yeah. Like you say, there's a couple of these thwomp blocks, um, but there's no face on them. And you get past a couple, and then at the bottom there's a second lever to pull, which I'm not sure what the second lever does. I know you meant to pull it because it's there, and I pulled it, but I'm not really sure what it did. I don't know either. What did it do? I don't know. Um, something to do with the thwomps. Oh, it made them go in a different sequence so that you could get through. Right. But why even put it there? Do I overthink these things? I think you're overthinking it, yeah. Okay. But why did I have the bowl bar? <laughs> we, we, we did that one last week. I'm not putting that in again. Like you say, it might make them change the pattern a bit, which allows you to climb up. And there's three thwomps where two, they, they come down in opposite zone. It's like, if you imagine it, if it's one, two, and three, one and three come down together while two's up, and then two goes down and one and three come up. So you just got to time it and jump up. Um, we get to the top push around the corner, and you see a tombstone bottom of a cavern. You get on there, there's a royal insignia to pick up. And as you pick it up, it turns out this tombstone is a lift, and the whole thing starts to raise up, but we fade to end of chapter. End of chapter. So, stats. Hit ratio. So, at 93 and 82. I'm at 91 and 82. Ooh. I killed 40 enemies. I killed 440 in total. I killed 40, and I'm 393. I died zero and eight total. I died once and I'm 12 total. Oh, mine's about to shoot up and catch up with you there. Oh, really? Yes. Why? So, I think it's the next one. Oh, I had some problems with one of the bosses, but I'll explain when we get there. Okay. On to chapter 4-3. The tombstone lifts arrives at the top and we're outside. It's still night and there's lots of crickets again. As you move around the corner, you see a merchant shack with a letter from Ada attached to it i thought you said a merchant shaft <laughs> to be shot <laughs> this letter reads once a plaga egg hatches it is nearly impossible to remove it from the body but if it is before it hatches then it can be neutralized by medication if it does hatch then you might be able to get it out by surgery before it turns into an adult but it won't be easy there's a high chance that you won't survive the operation as far as I know, the girl was injected with the egg before you. Her time is ticking. You should prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. So that's lovely. So it's just what what's the worst case scenario that he's gonna have to like blow Ashley away? Yeah. And then maybe turn the gun on himself because he's gonna turn after? Yeah. Oh well no, no, he's got the medication, hasn't he, to suppress it. Yeah. So the worst case scenario is that he's gonna have to kill her. Yeah. Oh, well. I guess so. Because you never see him give her the medication. He just hogs it all for himself. That doesn't sound good. I, I'm worried about them now. So then I went to the merchant after this. Welcome. And he had some new things for sale. Got some rare things on sale, stranger. Which was weapon tune-ups. So I tuned in my Red 9 in my TMP. However, then I sold a load of things. What are you selling? The crown, etc. Um, to get 150k. And then I did more tuning up on my rifle and my shotgun. Yeah, I didn't have as much money as you, so I just did the red nine and the shotgun. Yeah. 
Because that's kind of what I was using quite a lot. Oh, you can beat the game with just them, I'm sure. Well, you need the rifle at one point, really. The rifle, Well, yeah. you don't have to have it, but it's much handier. We move on down the path, and we are presented with what looks like to me is the Leaning Tower of Pisa and a church castle type of thing. This path, there's loads of small ruined buildings, and there's a couple of Ganados here. Defeat them a few Ganados and walk ahead, and there's a bonfire with several Ganados gathered around. Now, what I think you can do here is there's a ladder you can climb up, and I think you can get above them to shoot them, but I never. As soon as I saw them, I just shot at them from a distance. Next to where these men were is a door with a lion on it, and when you interact, it reads, Offer the sacrifice to the lion. And it's a very small area, and there's nothing else to really do, is there? Um, so you explore, and you find a crank. Mm. And when you turn the crank, it opens up a hidden path and a long ladder. So we take the ladder, and it leads us underground. And then you're in, what would you say, a crypt? Something like that, yeah. I, I, yeah, a crypt, or an underground tomb. And there's a statue, and the statue reads, Up ahead rests the offering to the lion. And it's a winding corridor that breaks into a large area, and the music, Ganado 3, kicks in once again. So there's a fair few Ganados here. It almost looks like um, like a, an architect's-type dig site. Archaeology. Archaeology dig site. Uh, not an architect dig site, that'd be weird. Yeah. Archaeology dig site, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's, But there's lots of traps in the sand, and they're very hard to see, actually. I got caught by one or two of them. I know, I was okay. And then there was a chainsaw guy. The chainsaw guy was easy, though, because he was up on an upper level and... Uh, I got my rifle out. Yeah. Yeah, you just do the same. Yeah, because then you just kill him from a distance and he can't get down to you. Yeah, but when you do kill him, he drops the key. So you got to go up there and get the key from... No, sorry, he doesn't drop the key. He drops 15k, but next to him in a crate was a key, and it was the key to the mine. Yeah. But as soon as you get the key, you get attacked by more Ganados. Um, I think I threw a grenade out the window and took most of them out. Uh, so then we moved on, using the key, and we find our very first adult plagas in this area, which kind of look like um, arachnids, really. Almost like scorpions. Yeah, they, I, yeah, I didn't like them. No, no, and we'll find a lot more next week. And this section, I don't know if you noticed, but it should have had a fallen ceiling again. Okay. Spiked ceiling where you shoot the four things, but once again, we're on easy. Sorry about that. So we just move on. And you find a minecart. I knew there was a minecart somewhere in this game, but I couldn't remember where. So you jump in the minecart, and it took me a few seconds to realize, but you have to shoot the lever to activate it to get the minecart to go. When it does, the music agony starts to play. So this is quite a reasonably length minecart section, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's kind of like something out of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, as we go along the minecart, Ganados attempt to jump down from platforms, but if you're quick enough, you can kind of shoot them, and if you if you hit them with a bullet, they'll fall off the platform and you just get hit by the minecart. Yeah. But some of them will will manage to get in there, you know, it's, it's inevitable, really. And as we get about halfway through, the minecart comes to a stop because a Ganado pulls a lever. And again, to get this going, you need to shoot it, but if you're at the back of the minecart... Um, which you probably will be either by back or front because you know you want to sort of protect your back and by being at the back facing forward you know nothing can attack you from behind which is quite nice uh, loads of Ganados will then position themselves kind of probably not intentionally but just because the minecart's very thin they'll stand between you and the lever and I only managed to shoot the lever by accident I pulled the shotgun out started blasting uh-huh, okay. and then just hit it by mistake no I think I was able to use a rifle right 
After we move on this bit, the cart comes to a section that spirals downward and speeds up. And it gets faster and faster, and as it comes to the end, the track is missing. And it's a QT to jump, where Leon jumps from the minecart and holds onto the edge of the cliff. And then, again, QTE, bash the button to bring yourself up. Once you're back on your feet, push forward through a wooden door and pick up the Stone of Sacrifice. Carry on a little bit forward and up a large ladder, and we end up right next to where we started. This allows us to go back to the door with the lion's head. And this reveals a lift, which when you get in, moves up, and that's end of chapter already, so it was a fast one. Yeah, did there was one thing in that um, archaeology kind of dig place? Did mm-hmm. did you find a treasure? That it was like um, in a stone container, like a stone sarcophagus, the the staff of royalty. Oh no, I missed that. Yeah, that was a piece of obviously treasure. Right, was that on the map marked as treasure or not? I think it was marked as treasure on the map. So after you get the after you come out of the get the key to the mine. Um, there's a central stairs leading downwards and you go down the stairs um, and there's a kind of a, a stone coffin um, and you basically open that and inside there, there's the Staff of Royalty, which is a... Treasure. Oh, man. So you missed that. I did. I did indeed. Maybe get out my new game plus. I did start a new game plus after beating this game okay. and it's like with a fully upgraded Red 9, man, you fly through this. Everyone's a one-shot kill so far. Nah. Maybe I'll give it a go. So anyway, end the chapter and time falls starts. And my hit ratio is not good on this chapter. 69 and 80. 69. Uh, I was 77 and 82. Right. Enemies killed 58 and 498. I've run 54 and 447. Then died 0 and 8. I'm 0 and 12. But like I said, it's going to shoot up soon. So on to the next chapter. Well, I think I shoot up soon as well then because... This next chapter caused me some trouble. Did it? Yeah, me trouble as well. I'll tell you when, when we get there. So next chapter, 4-4. Four, four. The lift moves up and we get off the lift and we start in a castle-like area with the stone hallway, which then very quickly opens up into a large area. As you move forward, you are shown a giant robot Salazar. I mean, who gets this sort of thing commissioned? Well, if you've got the money, why not? Wouldn't everyone like to have a giant robot version of themselves? <laughs> uh, what we can say, there's a walkway to leave, so you go past the robot, turn left, and go down the walkway. But then, as you do, a Ganado hits a lever, which causes the walkway to drop, like in the water room of the castle, and the robot starts to move its left arm as an elevator up and down. The music Ganado 4 starts to play now we need to clear out Granados and pull some levers. So you go back to where we were and you climb up a ladder, which allows you to jump on top of the hand, the left hand, and you ride it to the top. At the top there's a lever, which then raises some of the floor that went into the water. You ride the hand back down and jump to the middle and pull the lever in the middle, which then switches the hand operation from the left hand moving on down to the right hand. So you jump to the other side, then you go down to pull the second lever, or the third lever, if you count the one for the robot, which then ups the last section of the walkway. In the meantime, the whole time there, you have to fight Ganados. And how many Ganados would you say are here? Well, cultists. 15, 20? Yeah, it's got to be, doesn't it? As we leave down the previous sunken path, the robot starts to move and chase us in a QTE. The music Robo Salazar plays. You have to bash the button to run and columns fall as they get knocked down by the robot. 
So you have to dodge from the left, then dodge from the right, and then dodge one, like one from each side, both together. Now, at the, the first time I got here, I didn't realize there was a lock on the door. So oh. I was trying to kick it, and then you don't get much time to react, and I, and I died just because it was my stupid fault. Then, second, so I got through the second time, and the area opens up, and you're on a bridge at the tower that we saw earlier, but the robot hasn't stopped. It keeps chasing us, and as the robot gets onto the bridge, its weight causes it to collapse, and Leon once again dies to the edge, much like when he was on the minecart. Again, QTA, back to the button, pull ourselves up. Now, as you enter the next building, go straight into a cutscene, where Leon encounters Salazar and the last Verdugo bodyguard at the base of the tower. It's not Robot Salazar this time, though. No Robot Salazar. That is long gone down into the the deep ravine. So you're not going to remind you of so people who have robot versions of themselves, Dr. Dr. Robotnik at the end of Sonic 2? I can't remember that. Where he had the big robot version of himself. I can't remember that. Yeah. Not at all. I'll have to check that on YouTube. Is it the end of is it the end of Sonic Two or is it is it the last boss? So it's the he's the big robot version of himself and he jumps into it. Anyway. Okay, I'll check on YouTube later. Salazar's clapping and says, It's nice you could join us, Mr. Scott Kennedy. Leon says, You again, and Salazar replies, The sacred rites about to begin at this tower. We will bestow the girl with magnificent power and she will join us and become one of us. Leon says, it's not ritual, it's terrorism. Salazar tells him how it's a popular word these days, but not to worry, they've prepared a special ritual just for him. And before Salazar can do a trap, Leon pulls a knife out and throws it into Salazar's hand and it pierces all the way through his hand and pins it to the wall. The Verdugo then grabs the knife and throws it back at Leon. I actually missed this QTE and I died at this point. I missed a QTE as well and I died. Right. Because I wasn't expecting it because when no. you pin Salazar and he looks shocked and, you know, and he kind of cries in pain and then you're like, oh, okay. And then next thing this Verdugo has it and it's back at you and it's by the time you reacted, I was dead. I think I'd put my pad down to watch or something and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you do dodge if you get the QCE. Uh, Salazar and the Verdugo jump on a lift and escape while Leon shouts him to stop. We return to gameplay and the music Tower of Death starts to play. Now, we're at the bottom of this tower, and there's some items to pick up, and if you run around the boxes, there's a yellow herb in a treasure chest. Did you find that? Yeah. But then you have to ascend the tower via the stairs. So you go up the first set of stairs, and these run all the way on the outside of the tower. After the second set, a canardo pulls a lever, which causes barrels to come down the stairs. Donkey Kong style, yeah. Yeah, and then they blow up as they hit the bottom, but you can't jump them. So you need time your runs to run up the stairs and then you can tuck into a wooden platform and instead of going up the stairs, so it makes it a bit easier for yourself if you like, and you walk around the wooden platform and go up a ladder. And at the top of the short ladder is the cultist who is operating the barrels. When you defeat him, more cultists then enter from the main door and they attempt to come up the stairs and now we get to pull the lever. I stood there for about two minutes pulling this lever. That's just good fun. Yeah, just just watching the barrel go down and then like smashing the dudes. Eventually, though, you will have to move on. So if you carry on, you board a lift, but you try to operate it, but it won't move. It's overweight, you know, Metal Gear Solid style. There's like there's like seven invisible Ganados on there with active camo. Too late, Leon. Now die. It's all connected. No, really, it's actually crates, and you push the crates off. You press the button, it moves up, but it moves up very slowly and you get attacked by various cultists that jump onto the lift and there must be 
four or five times that they jump on and attack you. And then yeah. I was trying to position myself with the shotgun to shoot them over the side of the lift. It's a very, um, again, common thing in games. That yeah. You're on a lift and people come in and try to get you. Like Streets of Rage. I was going to say Streets of Rage, yeah, exactly. So you get the top. And there's another small series of wooden walkways, some barrels, ammo, help, etc. And there's a smaller second lift, which takes us all the way to the top. The music then fades and the wind kicks in because we're so high up the tower. You walk around the corner and you see a merchant with health and ammo and a save point next to him. So you can imagine what's about to happen next. I spoke with the merchant. Welcome. Who had some upgrades. Got some rare things on sale, stranger. I sold some items. What are you selling? But I decided to upgrade my riot gun and my red nine and my rifle again. Come back any time. I then saved the game and stepped through the doors. Straight into a cutscene. They are in the room where the last plagas are being produced, what looks like a giant, like, queen thing. Yeah. Salazar and his bodyguard, his Viduco bodyguard, are waiting for Leon. Salazar says, you've just missed her. The ritual is over. She left with my men to an island. He then says, I think it's time I paid my due respects towards your impressive and stubborn will, Mr. Kennedy. Welcome. And then the tendrils grab Salazar and his Viduco, and then it like brings them both into a mouth. It's like a mouth. Yeah, into the... Yeah, into their mouth, I suppose. Yeah, and then he's laughing, and then they, like, merge, and they transform into, like, this big new boss. The music Salazar kicks in, and Leon says, Monsters. I guess after this, there'll be one less to worry about, and it's boss fight time. So this boss, I died a good few times here. I think I died three times against this boss. I think I did a couple of times. And then I kind of, I worked it out. Yeah. Well, the first one that got me, you saw it will attack you with the tendrils, which you have to dodge, which isn't a problem. But at one point, there's this other tendril with a mouth on it, like this big one with a mouth, and it very slowly opens. And once it opens, it it strikes for you and you can't dodge it. But at first, I didn't notice it was doing that, so that ate me once or twice. But if you shoot into that, you can get him. Oh, if you shoot in the mouth, right, because what I was doing was shooting the eye. There's a giant eye. And I shot the eye, and that causes the center of the boss to open. And in the center of the boss is the Salazar-type being. And then I was just, like, shooting the Salazar uh, being until it went down. I think, actually, by the time you got... I got that, but I, I wonder if you die a couple of times, does it make it easier? Because, I mean, the, when I actually kill him, it didn't seem to take that long, but I just focused on the eye for so... And I was able to get in so many shots that yeah. it was over quite quick. Maybe just because we're playing on easy, maybe it stays open longer or something. Maybe. With enough ammo put into it, it then dies and it collapses and the wither away and disappear. Now afterwards, I noticed there was a lot of items, so I ran around and grabbed them because I didn't join the boss fight. Eventually, you climb the ladder and you move out the back of the castle. Uh, you move around this castle and you find another lift, which you ride down into a nice merchant area. And you know it's a safe one when Serenity yeah. starts. So I spoke with him. And again, new items. And this time he had the Red Nine exclusive tune, which I bought there and then. That was 80,000, but it puts its damage of the Red Nine up to 6.5. So that's more powerful than the original shotgun. Yeah, the problem is ammo. Yeah, but I had loads of ammo for the pistol at this point, like like 80 bullets or something. Maybe I did, I, but I um, in, later on in this the game, I was very short on ammo. Yeah. Oh, you can run short later on. But eventually you'll have to leave the nice safe haven and you go down a corridor 
and Leon comes across a speedboat at the docks. However, waiting for him behind the wheel of the boat is Ada, and she says to him, need a ride, handsome? He puts away his gun and goes, okay, and jumps on, and it's end of chapter. So I did much better on the hit ratio. I got 97 in 83. Oh, wow. Okay, I only got 89, and now I'm on 82. Oh, so I've pulled ahead slightly. I killed 49 enemies in 547 total. I killed 49 and 496. Died four times to make 12. I died four times to make 16. Right, okay. So that was three chapters covered tonight, which leaves us with four chapters nicely. And I think they're four fairly longish chapters. So that'll be two chapters each over the next two weeks to make a nice even 10 episodes. Well, I was very surprised when I got to this point because I was like, oh, the game must be nearly over now. And then, oh, bang, there's a ni- an- another surprise island. Yeah. Because I was thinking of coming towards the end because where else is this is the castle part of it. This is the end of it now. This must be over. But no, it goes on. It does go on. But I think the game gets very interesting in the next couple of chapters. You know, it gets really scary. Well, I think the next part of the game is a totally, it seems like a totally different game. Yeah, well, it does. Going on the island, it does seem like a different part of the game. So I suggest if you're playing ahead of us, you know, as I was saying at the start of the episode, if you play two chapters ahead uh, for next week, but have you prepared any information? I want to call them facts for people. I don't a fact. fact? Not really a fact. Well, it was something that I, was inter- that I found interesting because I didn't know that this place existed. But looking at places where you could survive a zombie apocalypse... There is an underground city in Wiltshire in England. Um, It was built in the 1950s, I think, you know, with the idea of maybe nuclear war. Um, And it's 35 acres and it can support 4,000 people for up to three months. It's got its own offices, hospital. I think the largest, second largest phone exchange in Britain. It's got a TV studio, but it's never been used. And it was decommissioned in 2004. So all of the water and fuel was drained from the storage tanks. But it's effectively an underground town Mm -hmm. in Wiltshire. And I think the the idea is that if something bad happened, that's where the government and whatnot would go. But if there was a zombie apocalypse, I guess you could try to ride it out down there. The only problem is, I guess, if you have a large area like that with lots of people, there's a big chance that if any of them became zombies, then you're in serious trouble. Yeah, you would be that point. Just need to make sure you take uh, some guns down there with you. Yeah, but I, it's crazy to think there's so, somewhere like that underground Yeah, in the UK. I think there's other places like that, but not on that scale. I wonder if they'll think about restarting it up again. Yeah, I wonder. No, that's quite interesting. I didn't know that existed in the UK, to be honest. Yep, in Wiltshire. In Wiltshire. Have I ever been to Wiltshire? I don't think I have. No, I don't. It's probably one of the closest places in Newbury. Nope. But it's down there. If you want a specific place, it's Corsham. No, I've never been down to Wiltshire before. Well, I don't think. I, actually, hold on, let's see. No, no, no. I was thinking I've been down. No, it's miles away. Nope, never been. Well, there you go. Now you learn something new every day. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Well, I guess that wraps things up for this week. Join us again next week where we will be doing chapters 5 1 and 5 2 in the penultimate episode uh, so once again thank you very much for listening if you made it this far and we'll see you next week see you next week <laughs>